Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, insecure people around the globe, you have come to the right place. This is the Mental Health Comedy Podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. I'm Ed. This is a show where we talk about mental health issues, and certainly everybody's fine in the world, so there's really no need for the show. But we not only talk about it, but we actually, we learn, we practice mental health skills, simple skills, things that nobody ever taught us that somehow is related to how we uh, how we live. And when I say we, I mean me. The whole show is for me. It's not for <laughs> anybody but me. Welcome aboard. There's a lot to talk about, a lot happening in our country. But what I'm excited about is our guest, one of my favorite people, just the greatest sense of humor, the very talented writer, very talented actor, stand-up comic for many years, has, has done so many different kinds of interesting things, directing, uh, writing. So the show Pen15 and her, she was played a part on that show that is so good. And the minor accomplishments of Jackie Woodman, her own series on IFC. And, and in the movie Lego Batman, which, you know, what can you say? Those are great things. And that's Laura Keitlinger. Laura is going to join us in just a minute. We've had tremendous technical issues uh, today. The beautiful thing is technical issues plus neurotic Jew equals success. Um, that's the formula. Welcome to the show. So Jennifer's coming up in just a minute. We're going to talk. But you know what I thought we'd talk about today? Some different things. One thing is how do you stay well in your head when you're not feeling well physically? And that's a question for you know, for the whole world right now, because so much of the world is, is going through, you know, physical issues now. And that's something I've always wondered, because what happens to me is, well, no different than, than feeling, you know, better is that I'm out of my mind, basically. In, in your head, you go a little crazy. And I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about how you maintain a positive outlook while having a very dark sensibility, dark sense of humor. Which, which I, you know, I have, and we'll talk with, we'll talk with Laura about that. But, you know, before we start here, a couple of things. Um, I wanted to just say that there's a lot of like mental health awareness things that are going on now, which is great because awareness is such a big part of, you know, of feeling better, of taking care of yourself. And when I say you, I don't mean me. I mean, you're taking care of yourself. I'm doing what I'm doing, whatever the hell that is. A couple of the festivals coming up, there's a lot of like uh, special promotions and campaigns that are coming up around different issues. And I wanted to share them with you. Um, National Take Your Insecurities to Lunch Week is a big one that's coming. I'm Sick of Everyone Being in My Business Month is one that, you know, is not popular, but it's out there. Be Kind to Your Hands Day, big one. International Soap Appreciation Week. I like it. Fear Cella is a musical fe- music festival where people come to share their deepest, most interesting fears. Controlapalooza is a virtual festival for people who like to control everything, celebrating controlling people everywhere. Abdominal Cramping Support Week is one that I personally relate to. I can't believe that I read those, but I did. I also want to tell you that there's a new app, always some great mental health apps. Intervoce, it's an Italian company. And what it is, is it's a company that has a chip where they actually change the voice in your head 
the voices in your head that are doubtful and insecure, it's an answering machine for those voices. So they are able to set up a virtual answering machine in your head to answer unwanted voices that come up. And it allows you to change your internal messaging, messages that you can tell yourself, over 100 programmable messages. And with the premium package, you can get celebrity messages, guru messages, character messages. So the next time you have an, an insecure thought, you might hear people like Thor or Wonder Woman. Uh, you can turn from warrior to warrior. And also, for some reason, a very popular voice is the voice of Jason Bateman. Okay, Jennifer, thank you for being here, first of all. And I know we had to go through a lot to get here, but... but Sorry. But, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, it, there's all, you know, it's, it's the world. It's the it world. Is. I, it I, is. I always blame the world. Now you see a lot of people in your practice. What is the whole psychology of how do you deal with the, the dual nature of being sick or not being well and trying to be well mentally? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So Similarly to what we talk about, and this is very difficult when you have physical symptoms and they're really bothering you and you're, you know, they're on your mind and you're physically feeling them. It's really difficult to think about anything else. In fact, being in pain or being uncomfortable is exhausting. I mean, it really takes a ton of energy, but the real trick is to try and keep your mental state as positive as possible, because when you are stressed, your immune system downgrades. And the reason it does this is, you know, again, we've talked about how the midbrain is not the brightest part of the brain, the thinking and the planning and the perspective taking and the understanding and the ability to regulate is all part of the frontal lobe. But the mid-range job is to keep you safe. And it just doesn't care what's what. It just thinks if you're upset, then you, you know, you're in danger. So whenever we're stressed, the body actually goes, well, okay, I don't want to give all this energy to this infection that I'm fighting or this illness that I have or this headache that I have. Um, I'm going to give my energy to, you know, running away from this thing that's chasing me. And so what happens is the immune system actually downgrades. So the more stressed you are, the, the, the less able your immune system is. Now, before people worry about that, there's a lot of things you can do. So let's take pain, for example. Let's say you have a you know, bad hip or a bad knee. Let's just start with that. And all day long, you're thinking and you're narrating, oh, this knee and this hurts and it hurts when I do this. And you're telling everybody about it and you're emailing people about it and you're kind of talking about it and giving it energy and giving it life. What you want to actually practice is taking your attention to another part of your body. So if your other knee, and this is, this is crazy, if you're in pain, you have to try it. If your other knee is not hurting, then you take your attention, your awareness to the knee that's not hurting. And your narration becomes, well, my arms are good. My other knee's pretty good. My shoulder's fine. I, my neck's okay. Focus on the parts of your body that are actually feeling okay. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not obviously not going to make you not be in any pain, but it will change your mental state. And that's really, really important. Now you can allow yourself to kind of go there for a little bit and just feel really sorry for yourself and then pick yourself up and try to think about the parts of your body that are healthy, the parts of you that are well. Try not to talk about it all the time because literally, you know, we sort of do this with, with, with our lives in general is we talk about the stuff we don't want. We talk about the stuff we don't like. Force yourself to have conversations and talk about other things. Use music try to relax, try to breathe, try, you know, try to go around your house and look at everything beautiful. Another technique that can really hurt, it can really help actually if you're not feeling well 
is to actually send, imagine sending all of your energy, all of your energy, all of your healing energy, get, get some imagery going. You can imagine soldiers, you can imagine anything that you know, gives you that uh, image of being a warrior, I guess. Um, and sending all of that energy to the part of your body or the flu or the whatever you have that you're struggling with, whatever you know, disease you're struggling with, send your energy there. Um, and that's a much better use of your cognitive energy and time. And this is all easy to say, by the way, um, but it's really all you've got when you're struggling. So even if you, you know, even if you're debilitated, you've got, you've got COVID, you're suffering from something like that, and you're maybe weaker, you can still tone down the stress. Is that what you're saying? And actually, and actually turn whatever you are fo- able to focus on to something else. Even if you can just do it for a few seconds or a few minutes, just yeah. really trying to do that can make a difference. It can make a huge difference, particularly if you're fighting something like an infection or a flu or COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing is you're actually upgrading your immune system. And when you can get into what's called uh, brain-heart coherence, you actually are strengthening and upgrading your immune system. So you're allowing your body to fight even, even harder what it's dealing with and, and trusting and knowing that your body, know, it actually has an incredible amount of internal wisdom and knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. And, and just trying really hard to focus on what you do want. Picture yourself being well. Picture yourself walking around going, oh, I feel so much better. I have energy again. This is great. Almost, it's actually really a, a key component is to imagine that it's already in the past. Even just starting with your thoughts with, I remember when I felt sick, or I remember when I had COVID can actually send a very different signal to the brain. That That's so interesting because I feel like what's happening, what could happen in the country right now is we're going to have to open up to being decent and well. And it's a different thing. I mean, it, it you know, allowing good things in your life when you're used to struggling is very foreign and not easy. Mm-hmm. And if you're used to riding on stress, and when I say you, you know, listen, this is me. I mean, it it takes some it takes some focus. It you does. know, it does it, t- it takes it t- focus? Yeah, and practice. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of sort of panic and anxiety is meant for very short-term stuff, like something chasing you, getting it out, out of the way of something, right. uh, running from something. So to long-term be existing in that state, you know, is not good for your body. And, and it's as simple as ch- it, even for a few moments, forcing yourself to think about something else, even just think about something neutral can help. Yeah. I've been telling people, you know, go neutral, go neutral yeah. to what you... Uh... It doesn't make a great bumper sticker, go neutral, unless you're in Switzerland. If you're in Switzerland, people think, of course, I'm here. I live in Switzerland. I'm neutral. I want to bring on our guest, uh, you know, this this person, great writer, great stand-up, very fine uh, actress and good director. She directed a movie called 60 Spins Around the Sun, documentary about a comedian named Randy Credico, who is a fascinating guy and who has still been in the news, um, social activist. Laura Keitlinger. Laura, you've been... Thank you, Ed. I've kept you on since 1968. You've been here since... <laughs> Talk about some of the changes you've seen. Listen, you, (laughs) you're very, every time I talk to you, I feel like I'm talking to you, even though we text message or we, we email, I feel like I'm talking to you when, when we do that, but you sent me something, you have had some health stuff go on. 
Yes. Can you just uh, tell us about what you've been experiencing and what, what's been happening? Well, in August, I had a brain aneurysm. And it's funny because I spent, you know, I started reading about it after it happened. It was a bad headache, but I was thinking like so many of these people said, oh, it was the worst headache I've ever had and all this stuff. And I, oh, in a way I thought, don't people have hangovers? Because I, I really didn't think it was any worse than any other headache I've ever had, you know, um, as, as a drinker, I guess. But anyway, it, it was bad. And I didn't want to go to the hospital, you know, classic, just not making any sense and uh, t talking really slowly. And I said, oh, you're just being critical and I'm tired. Anyway, the point is my husband kept me from my dream of dying in my sleep. That's what he, he denied me that piece. <laughs> it's been a lifelong dream and I, I was I kept from that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And to be able to have an open coffin, that, that, that's it. Do I, I mean, oh not be some sort of horrific act. I just want to, you know, just go out peacefully and, and, and have everybody really, really, really upset. That's all. Well, that's one of the things that I wish we could have is I wish we could hear our eulogy while we're still alive. Yeah. And that's why I'm, that's why I have a company called It's Your Funeral. And it's a party <laughs> planning we plan a party and then right. you get to hear the, the eulogy. Okay, so now you've got that going. The doc, you see the doctors, and what is the rehab of that? What do you, how do you heal from that? What happens? Well, you know, I guess I've got to stop doing Coke. No, um, <laughs> I. <laughs> and that's when I stopped doing Coke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, you know, it's so funny. Like, I'm on um, antidepressants, I'm on Lexapro and uh, Dexedrin. And I drink coffee throughout the day. But the thing is, they first of all, they said it happened because of an imbalance in electrolytes and an electrolyte imbalance. So there really isn't anything I can do except, and I was in the hospital for seven days, you know, other than, you know, not hit myself in the head of the rock, I, you know, I just resume how, you know, life was, I guess. And the thing is, I feel pressure now because it's like a second chance at life to do something with my life. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure. It's like winning the lottery. What are you going to do now? Are you going to go shopping? What are you going to do? Well, that's now for, for those seven days, what's happening? I mean, if you stay seven days in a hospital, you have something. I mean, it's a yeah. serious thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was kind of, it was funny because they have to come in and check every, well, I guess every three hours, somebody comes in and they say, what's your name? Why are you here? And then they'd say, who's the president? And I'd say, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they knew That's I was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so but the guy, it was funny because I, and all I had to do was, well, I'd lift my, hand, lift my hands. They had to see that I could lift my hands over my head and I could lift my legs over my head. <laughs> no. uh, it's just this one doctor. No. Who's, then, uh, who's the president? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and why do I have to? I'm not that limber. So then, <laughs> and they said, here's what happens. A third of the people who have brain aneurysms die from it. A third don't ever regain, you know, their motor skills. And a third are fine. And so that I, I was lucky to be, um, does that add up? To, that doesn't add up to a hundred though. Uh, but <laughs> There's another 1% that become president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, I feel I, you know, I just feel lucky and I can't believe that, you know, my, and my husband 
was, I mean, he saved my life really because I didn't want to go. And on the, on the way to the doctor, I, well, well, what I finally got into, I finally went with him. I got in the car because he said, you want to go for a ride. And since I'm a dog at heart, I just got, you know, I just wagged my tail and jumped in the car. Yeah. All he needed to say was, do you want to go for a ride? So I got in the car and then, but here's what's really bizarre. I said two things that I've never, I said, well, I guess it's a good thing that we're going yoga babysitting, which almost sounds like a thing, like it would be a thing out here, but it is not. So two things I haven't said in like 10 years and don't, and don't like either thing. And I said, well, I guess it's good that we're going yoga babysitting. So that's that, so what, oh so God. Jennifer, what was my brain doing at that point? Creating a brand new business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I guess it was just, who knows? Who knows? That's, but your husband did the right thing. My goodness. Like, I know. He knew what to do. Yeah. Thank God you like going for drives. You, yeah. you, you owe, first of all, not only do you have a second chance now, but you owe your husband your life. Oh, I know. So there is so much pressure. So how are you dealing with that? <laughs> oh, I know. And I can't, and I'm, and I'm a slob and he's very neat. And I don't, I don't like to vacuum or dust or do anything. And he says, you know, I saved your life. Can you dust? <laughs> Can you dust? Yeah. It's great to pig? start every, every request with, I save your life. Yeah. Can you do something around here? Can you make a salad? Yeah, because um, exactly. I saved your life. That is so interesting. Well, then and then, but that wasn't all. Wait, there's more. Something else happened. Oh, right. My retina detached. And they said that had nothing to do with this uh, is at the same time. Yeah, it was about a couple months later. That happened um, on my right eye. But like years before my retina detached on my left eye. And to me, it's amazing because I should be having such an exciting life like that. Retinal detachment happens to uh, race car drivers and, and, and skiers and people who, for instance, get up before noon uh, <laughs> and like have a very active life. And, and they don't know why my retinas are detaching. Well, you know, the only I mean, my reference to detached retina is Sugar Ray Leonard, who was a boxer for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And a boxer would have a detached retina, but I, I've seen you box and you're good, but you don't <laughs> go to your left uh, as much as you should. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. How do you take it? Like these things have happened to you. Has it changed or has it shifted the way that you take care of yourself? I, and I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about like, you know, the things that you think about, how you think about your life. You know, it, it's, um, it's funny because I was saying that having a near death experience is really wasted on me because I'm still shallow. <laughs> I haven't changed anything. I don't think about anything. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> exactly the fucking same. Oh my God. <laughs> unless, you... it, yeah. wait a minute, you know, but unless this is purgatory, unless I'm actually, this is my, you know, like this is the afterlife and, and that would be even more horrible. That it's, <laughs> Exactly. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. And it's all, this is it. That's his eternity right now. This is Groundhog yeah. Day for you. Are you good at relaxing then? Are you good at getting out of your head? Or are you just with your head and you just do things that way? Well, physically, I'm on the cat's sleep schedule in 16 hours. Right. So I don't know how I could relax anymore. Right. Uh, you know, I feel like, for most of my life, I've been scurrying 
you know, to have a job or, you know, to write something, to try and make money and then waiting. So even as a kid, I think everything, I just feel like I've been waiting. Like I used to wait for my mom to come home because I, I stayed at my cousin's, um, my mom was, was a single mom and I hate and I, and I hated staying there. And then it's like waiting for that and waiting to hear back on scripts and waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know if that answers the question. I just yeah. want people to feel sorry for me. Yeah, well, that's good, you know, and I think we're going to take some calls right now of people who are writing in who do feel sorry, and they're going to, they're going to call in now. Now, Bill from Brockton, why, why are you sorry? No, we don't have that kind of show, but we will. So waiting is believing that something is going to happen in the future. You know, if you're in show business, that's how you, that's how you live. But, but doesn't that stress you out, though? Don't you it have- does. I think it does even more than I realize. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I, I could exercise or walk around, and um, I like watching old horror films and thrillers, and I'm try to read. But um, yeah. a lot of it is just complaining, and I think it's really, it was really interesting what Jennifer was saying because, and even in emails, they'll say, "Well, you know, I sent out this, and I'm just waiting to hear." You know, like I just kind of perpetuate the negativity. You know. But you know, Laura, most people live like most of us live like that. We don't even realize it. Like, yeah. just think about it. like the conversations people have. Oh, how are you? Oh, wow. This and this and it's like, and part of it's just brain firing. It's just neural hardware that we've just used over and over and over again. We don't even think about. And most people actually live in a state of waiting. It's not just you and, and the career that you're in. Like most people, I wait for the weekend. Can't wait for the day to be over. Can't mm. wait for my next holiday. Can't wait for whatever. Now there's nothing like that to wait for with COVID. But the truth is most, a lot of people spend time waiting. And the truth is you're going you're gonna to just wait your life away because it's the now mm-hmm. where you have actually peace and you actually have some freedom. And that's something I think we all need to kind of figure out. And there's, because there's so little to do right now, you only have the now, mm-hmm. but it, it takes practice. Ed, and we, Ed, you and I talk about this all the time, but yeah. You know, it's in those kind of just totally simple things like I got my coffee mix right today. This is awesome. Or like what you see. And it sounds so stupid, I realize. But biochemically, this is neuropsychobiology. So you're literally wearing a virtual reality suit. Okay. That's what our bodies are. And they interpret data, just basically energy and light. That's it. Right. And we're interpreting that and we're broadcasting that. And we're just basically like little radio stations walking around. This is what everyone does when you're constantly looking at what you don't want and focusing on what you don't want and what you don't like and what you don't have yet and what hasn't happened yet and what's going to happen. That part of the body that I, the brain that I talked about at the beginning, it matches that neurobiology and it actually downgrades and kind of, it just sends out biochemical signals that cause us to feel low energy or not feel great. And we don't even notice because our, you know, everyone else is doing this too. But when you just make this subtle shift and start thinking about things that are working, things that are okay, things that are fine, you know, a simple thing that you can do just to shift your mood slightly is to think about three or four people in your life that don't make you mad. And if you've only got one, then think of one. Just, and imagine them, just imagine looking into their eyes. It's such a simple thing. But when you look into someone's eyes that you love and when you imagine, because the brain can't tell the difference between something it's actually doing and something it's imagining, you will get a flow of oxytocin. Not oxycontin. oxytocin. <laughs> I have <Not> that. O- <laughs> oxytocin is a very powerful hormone that drops cortisol, uh, strengthens the immune system, and increases neuroplasticity. It's basically medicine. Wow. So just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, hugging, 
I mean, you said you live like, like you sleep like a cat. Do you have a cat? Oh yeah, I've got three. Okay, so you and a dog. oxytocin and, and the dog, there's a lot of oxytocin there. Look in their eyes, hug them, mm-hmm. even imagine them. Even doing something really simple, like going through your phone, making a, getting a collection of folder, uh, photos together in a folder, just of, I don't know, beautiful scenes, happy family times, your cat, your dog, whatever. Add a little music to it. It's actually pretty simple to do. If you have an iPhone, I don't know, I'm sure it's easy on an Android too. And put your headphones on. Uh, Jennifer, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Will your husband do it for you? That's a question. Uh, now that we're all old friends, I can say uh, that is not going to happen. Then do that. Uh, Laura, it's time to take, to take a drive. We're gonna- okay. <laughs> do this, do this, do this. Um, you can actually slip, flip through photos or do this. This right, is even better. Right. Put headphones in, go to YouTube and go epic mm-hmm. movie music. Okay. No, but I, I really, I 100%, I, I think that that's such great advice because I also think that's why, you know, young actors all fall in love with their co-stars because you're looking into your, their eyes. Your oxytocin you know, is flowing. Don't yes. you think so? Yeah. Yes. It's like, how can, how can these kids, like they all like wind up getting married. They all fall in love on the set and they all, you know, and it's just like, because you're so vulnerable and you're looking yes. at this person's eyes. So you think you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And yeah. that hormone oxytocin is actually known as the tend and befriend hormone. And it increases trust as well. So it's, it's oh. how humans bond with each other, but. And, and I'll say this thing about waiting. You think that something good is going to happen when you get what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is what you're after is you're after the feeling that comes with it. Right. Not the thing. Not the thing. So if you if you're after the feeling that comes with it, that comes with getting a a great part or a great a great deal, then can you have that feeling now? And how can you have it? Well, you can have it by imagining what it is that that feels like because you've gotten it in the past. You've had parts and the midbrain can't tell the difference and it releases all those positive biochemicals. The other thing you can do, Ed, instead of just imagining that you have it, look where you already have it. So if you think, I don't know, getting a great job or. I don't know, whatever it is that you're imagining is going to give you freedom and, you know, people, you know, being proud of you, you're being proud of you, whatever feeling you think it's going to give you, look for where you already have it. Where do you already have freedom? We can find freedom all over the place right now, but when you're driving in your car, you're like, okay, I have freedom to get in a car. There's people who are standing outside at the bus shelter when it's minus 30. I'm in my car. I never think about how much I love my car. It sounds so ridiculous, but we're really sending very, very important signals to the brain when we do this. So look for what you already have that you think you're going to get from that thing. The worst thing that can possibly happen from this practice, you feel better. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing that can happen. The way I'll say it to you, Laura, is it's the difference between looking for the good and looking for Mr. Good Bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I know, you, I know you'll understand that reference. A lot of yes, people won't, yes. but I know you would. Now, that's what I was going to ask you. That's the other question. If you have a brain or a mind that is predisposed to, and it it really isn't predisposed, but you you develop these things, you have the wickedest sense of humor, the greatest sense of humor, and, and it's dark. How do you still have that, but live in the light? And that's my title of my new book. (laughs) Um, that is a long long title (laughs) it's too long (laughs) but i'm I'm actually saying like how is that you know i think a lot of comedians think well i can't i'm not going to be effective this way you know um what is the you know people it isn't interesting but how do you do how do you do both how do you come from and i'm asking it i'm just throwing it out to the room and when i say room i'm 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm guessing that like just literally going outside and being in the sun and being around animals for me, anyway, that cheers me up. And then, you know, on one end, on, on the looking for the light on the other end to quote Ted Bundy's mother at his execution, <laughs> I can't wait till this is over like, to stop, to stop. Which she really, truly said. So I think you have, you have to stop you have to, even like the bad things you can't say, I can't wait till this is over. You have to just be like you said, in the now be here in the yeah. moment. Which this is, so is what's hard. happening now. This yeah. is, what, yeah. this is just what's happening now. It'll pass, but this well, is what's I, happening. I also don't want people to think if you have like a warped sense of humor and it's what's great about you and that darkness is funny if you feel awful when you're joking about it, that's different. But if you're laughing and you feel okay, that's okay. Right. I don't want yeah. people to start thinking, Oh, I changed my personality. No, be as dark as you want. Laugh yeah. your ass off about it be whatever. And then spend time with your dog and your cat and being outside. And just, it's really about balance essentially. And I, I don't want people to think you have to turn into like, you know, this happy person all the time. That's not, that's not realistic for anybody. Right. It just start to be aware of how often we just sink into patterns that aren't serving us. You know, without- you know too, and I, I, I think that when people say, well, if I, I'd be such a different person if everything went my way or, or you know, especially like standups, because, you know, they think, oh, if I, you know, get some good news that I'm not going to, you know, have my edge or whatever. But I, I don't feel that way at all. I think, it be, you know, having some good news, it kind of just like, I mean, whatever it is, it builds your confidence. And so you'd be just as good on stage because, or even better because you'd feel more confident being happy, I think. Right. But I don't well, know. And, and life is everything, right? It's, it's all the good stuff. It's all the bad stuff. It's all the contours. There's a quote, and I wish I could remember, I'll, we'll try to find out who it is, but it's, you won't be okay until you're okay with everything. Ah. It's kind of a great way to look at stuff. Like the, you, you can't have the good stuff without the bad stuff. You've got to have contours. I mean, if, who would go to a movie where absolutely everything went right in the movie? I mean, you'd walk, it'd be so boring. Who would want to see yeah. that movie? Like you want the tension and something going wrong. Like that's kind of what life is about. And it, when you can learn how to, you know, appreciate the contrast and the contours, I mean, obviously when big, terrible things happen, that's a different story. Although still many people will say that some of the worst things that have happened to them have actually been life-changing for them. But understanding that you can't, you can't control conditions, but you can control how you respond to them. And that's really all the, the only place you actually have control. Yeah, it's, ama it's amazing. You know, I remember Alan Ball, the writer, and I remember him, something that he wrote in American Beauty. He said that's very, it's difficult for people to deal with how much beauty there is in the world. Oh, but how great. He, he's incredible. Yeah, he's a great. I auditioned for him once, completely blew it because that's how amazing I am. But uh, but no, Alan Ball is he that movie and the way he writes was brilliant. He has something on Amazon now that's very good, too. You know, this is this is really interesting. You don't hear about it. We don't perpetuate it in the media. But there's a lot of even before Biden was elected or before the country is shifting now, even with covid, which is horrific. There is a lot of beauty in the world. There are a lot of good things going on. We don't hear about them. They're not broadcast. Mm -hmm. So we think, you know, the brain gets negative. We, we take the negative road. And I'm not saying be positive, like cover over reality. If I took away two things or even cut it in by 10%, waiting and resistance 
if I cut those two things by 10%, I'm seven feet tall. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm playing for the Lakers. I'm doing all kinds of things. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel well, actually, I do. I'd like to make everybody feel bad. No, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. <laughs> but if you're listening, I'm sure you relate to this. And, and maybe some of you relate to this. I know you do. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's just focus is a, is a big thing. And uh, you have the choice of what you're going to focus on, what you're going to use. It doesn't mean denying the reality or being, you know, positive, syrupy positive, but what are you looking, you know, what are you looking at? And you can say, what are you looking at two ways, right? You can say, what are you looking at? Or you can say, what are you looking at? (laughs) Now, Laura, because we have a registered therapist here, we have a licensed therapist, and it's not me. Is there anything else that we can we can do for you today? I just want to know if Jennifer takes Blue Shield uh, insurance, because I want my (laughs) husband to start uh, sessions with her. Yeah, I'm serious. I'll have to talk, uh, well, you. I talk to you about that later. Absolutely. We'll discuss after. And yes, but honestly, I think everyone should have this. It, I don't know why it's it's so important. I want kids. I want kids to be raised with this knowledge. Like you, you don't just there's no handbook for your brain, but there should be because there's mm-hmm. so much you can do. There's so much you can learn and know about your own wellness and your own health and how you can share that with others. And, and we, we do. We spend so much time talking about our story. Like we are all attached to our story, but the truth is, you know, you're not your story. You're the storyteller, right? And as soon as you make that switch, you have power that you didn't know you had. Jennifer, do you, I don't know if you've studied, like, I guess I'm probably going to say this wrong, union theory or whatever, like dreams. Yep. Yep. My focus is a different kind of therapy called self-psychology, which is a whole other thing, but, but yes, I'm very familiar with I, is there a dream? Is there? Some- I have to, yeah, to, to bore everyone with like uh, talking about a dream. Okay, so, but just because it's so recent, last night I dreamt there was someone living in the basement. I said to Garrett, and this is so like Garrett because he's that kind of he's he's a, such a good person and a caretaker. I said we were looking through this thing. It's like a heater in the wall, like a square. That, and I said I just saw somebody's hand. And he said, you're kidding. And so then he, so anyway, he, he runs downstairs and then comes up with this guy. He's really, he's this tall guy who's been living in the basement. There are places where we stand in the house and it just smells bad. And I said, so this guy has been like just defecating in the basement and just whatever and living in the basement. And this was all part of the dream. And then we opened this door and these two dogs and a rabbit come out and they were, he didn't know they were there either. So anyway, what does that mean? Well, do you think? <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Dreams, dreams are, are, first of all, they could just be general confusion that the brain is just processing and kind of uh-huh. going through at night. Sometimes it doesn't mean anything. What, what does mm-hmm. Freud say? Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, mm-hmm. but often there's archetypes, mm-hmm. right? So, so that, you know, you'll see, if you see an owl, it usually means someone was, if you see an apple, it can mean knowledge. And the basement is usually like dark stuff, uh-huh. stuff that you need to deal with stuff that you need to look oh, at and uh-huh. examine. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the dogs and the rabbit. Maybe, maybe it's kind of what we were talking about earlier that animals are so healing and that that can, and they ran out the door, right? The dogs mm-hmm. ran and the rabbit ran out the door. Yeah. And we'd never they, seen them before. And the only thing the guy said, I said, wow. Oh, he knew one of the dog's names was Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> what and I was like, God, name for a dog. 
yeah, I don't know anybody named Marlene and the other <laughs> dog's name or, or no. And then I knew that the other dog or saw a collar or something was auntie, A-U-N-T-Y or auntie or whatever. Weirdly and I just, okay. yeah, really specific. Uh, specific you have right. an auntie Marlene. I don't. Wouldn't that be nice? That, that would be would perfect, be nice. but I don't. I have been thinking about my aunt a lot though, but n- yeah, uh, lately. Well, so dreams are generally our subconscious mind, or you can also say your higher self kind of speaking to us in metaphors. Because mm-hmm. as I talked about earlier, the midbrain, the part that feels things that, that's really in charge of sort of safety. And it's like the security system of the brain doesn't think in words. It thinks in images. Mm-hmm. The image is usually something in the basement is something you need to deal with. Something uh-huh. is down there and it's stinking and you got to deal with it. Oh, damn. And the image, yeah. there you go. And then the image is these lovely animals like ran out the door. They're the, I don't know what, what happened to the man. Yeah, the tall guy defecating and, and just living down he there. He ran Who's out that? the door or he was still stuck there? Uh, no, was- no, we wound up, oh, I was about to call, thank you for, I was about to call the police and then couldn't remember my address. Interesting. Okay, so the, the way to get rid of him, you have to figure out. That's truly it, right? And once you do, I, you'll go home. Right. I mean, it has to be my father. <laughs> no, because uh, he, he, oh, no, no, I said it just has to, it would have to be my father because he's tall and he's dead. Um, but go ahead. Okay. So maybe some stuff there. But, but the truth is like even films and books and epic movies, there, there are archetypes that we just see over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And usually, and these are sort of collective ancient human stories that we all just kind of know from Wizard of Oz to, you know, Star Wars, it doesn't matter. The, the answer is usually you got to deal with your shit. Right? Ah! You can't carry your crap around. You got it. Doesn't, it doesn't just disappear. That's right? what jo- Joseph Campbell, that was the, the name of his first book. You got to get rid of your shit. <laughs> and then he changed it to the hero's journey and he makes a lot of money. So that's him. Yeah. That's marketing. But no, I, but no, but listen, William Styron wrote Sophie's Choice was supposed to be a dream. And so oh, wow. I would just say to you, Laura, to write Sophie's Choice, too. OK, <laughs> yeah, no, wow. to, no. Those images are powerful that you're saying from your dream. Well, you know, so. I was there was a lot of conflict in. I was on the phone with the police and then I, I couldn't remember my address. So I couldn't tell, you know, so it was the. You know, I called the emergency number and then I was like, but, and I'm at, uh, and then I couldn't remember my And they can remember. Yeah. And that we often have dreams like that where we can't yeah. remember something or we can't get to somewhere you're running in, on the spot, that kind of thing. And that just usually means in that moment, we feel, feel kind of powerless. Mm-hmm. But the truth is we all have, without sounding corny, honestly, we, we have access to a lot of inner wisdom collectively, but also as individuals. And we kind of think that feelings and emotions, if we just don't feel them, they go away, but they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Every thought, every feeling has an electrical charge. It's a thing. Thoughts are things. And you don't mm-hmm. have to sit on the couch and unpack your whole life. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that therapy's, you know, therapy is a beautiful thing and there's a lot to that, but you don't always have to do that route. You can, you can actually just know that it's there, honor that it's there, respect that there's a part of us that's always very dark that we've packed away and start to change the way you think and start to think about positive things and look at the positive and stay in the now. And, you know, you're going to wait your whole life away. Yeah. I, I, and I, by the way, I think therapy is so important. Like sometimes even with friends, I, I want to say, what does your therapist say when they're <laughs> right. telling me something? And it's so you know, oh, just like even, you know, a friend just like keeps 
can't get over you know this this guy that she was with and she, she, she keeps obsessing and I just I always tell people I, and I and I, I I see a therapist and I'm trying to get Garrett to Honestly, I, I think it's so important. Yeah. I think it's such yeah. an important journey for people. It's not always fun. It's not always easy, but it, but it's important because the more you know yourself and the truth is it's not the therapist that fixes you. It's not. Hmm. The therapist is just the sounding board. It's your inner wisdom. You're, they're trying yeah. to get you to hear yourself. I wish we could go on all day. Be, I swear to God, this has been such an enjoyable experience. Oh, I, I, so, and such an amazing, uh, uplifting and learning experience. I oh, really good. appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. been great having you. Thank you. Yeah, and your dream, I'm going to remember. Uh, I'm going to remember that dream. It's amazing how images, how evocative images are. I'm going to name my next dog Marlene. <laughs> I know, isn't that pretty? I always have <laughs> good names for animals, I think. I think whatever you're writing about animals, that mm -hmm. you have to write about animals. I mean, that is a big thing. So I'm glad yeah. to hear that, the, that there's something going on there because uh, you've got to do that. First of all, Laura, thank you so much for thank doing you. this. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Wait, oh, you know, Ed, I was going to, one of the questions you had asked me just on um, an email was if my cats had seen cats. Yes. <laughs> And you know, it's funny, we started and they said, we have to wait and get stoned. This would be a missed opportunity because this looks so bad. We're going to all, so we all got stoned and then we watched it. Even this, even, even this is too much for us as cats. Um, you know, I, if you show me Betty Buckley, I'm okay, but this is weird. You know, this movie is just not a good thing. Yeah. I love anyway, that. Yeah. I love that. My, my dog is actually sleeping next to me and, Aww. has not has not woken up a bit no, my my three everything. dogs are asleep with me it's been a miracle that no one's woken up this is yeah oh, nobody nobody's great. woken up nobody's yeah. woken up but the dog is he just said the name marlene so i don't know <laughs> what's going on but at any rate no thank you so much such a pleasure thank you you know i want to encourage people if you haven't seen this, you've got to see it. It's uh, it's called 60 Spins Around the Sun. It's a movie that Laura directed, and it's very timely because it's a lot of it is about social action through the eyes of one comedian, Randy Credico, very talented and brilliant and really a social activist, and it tells his story. It's very entertaining. It's really provocative. It's, it makes you think about different things, especially now. So 60 Spins Around the Sun, watch it. And, Thank you um, so much, Ed. Yeah, I loved it. I just loved it. You did such a great job with that, too. You'll come back. We have a lot more to talk about. So you'll definitely come back, please. If you want to find out about the show, you can subscribe anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can also go to Make Light, one word, makelightmedia.com to get all the, all the info. Write us there. Talk to us there. And have a great week. And keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick for Jennifer Kalari and Laura Keilinger. We'll see you next week. <laughs>